Hi, my name's Dan. I'm here with my good friend G, and this is the Wrong Football NFL Podcast. I want you to shake your tail feather. We are back, refreshed and and ready to face the rest of the season. I was, as you uh, so nicely put it, shaking my tail feather during the intro there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> how, how are you doing, G? Everything okay? I'm good. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, apparently we talked before these things and we might discuss, you know, awesome baselines and stuff you're learning. But yeah, <laughs> I, I'm doing all right. I'm a little bit, um, I'm doing my, oh, my ears and whiskers running around thing a little bit just with things on, but doing yeah. good. Watch some football. Um, some interesting games. I'm not sure I watched the best of the weekend, unfortunately, but we can cover that as we get into the NFL proper, I guess. How are yeah, you doing, sir? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't even know what games you watched this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right, actually. I'm, uh, yeah, like I say, I'm back from holiday. Uh, it was uh, nice to get away. Nice to uh, nice to be back, though. It is nice to be back in my own bed because, uh, yeah, caravan beds aren't the nicest. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, nice to, uh, nice to be back. Fair enough. Shall we? Uh, let's, let's get on with the news then. Uh, and the first bit of news is uh, we, we kindly broke on on Monday night, so technically Monday night for us, or possibly early hours of Tuesday morning, um, because you know these things generally, if there's big pieces of news, it happens on a Wednesday, so that we miss it on the podcast. Um, John Gruden, um, he has resigned from his position, as I would imagine, jump before pushed. Uh, at the uh, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, as head coach, um, there's been some emails came out over the uh, the last few days. I think there was a, a, an article in the Wall Street Journal. And I think there was, and then there was another one in another another um, newspaper. I think which, it was the New York Times. New York Times was it? Um, which uh, which came I, I out. don't know. I'm I'm now hastily scrabbling <laughs> going. I read it. You know, I, yeah. I, I pointed you on this in in this direction. But yeah, let yes, me double, I, just double check. I did have a uh, look at it. Um, but it's yeah. So some emails have come out um, where he has been um, not the, uh, the the most politically correct, shall we say? There's been uh, homophobic, misogynistic, uh, and racist um, comments within the uh, within within these emails. Now they do date back to to his time when he was. Well, I think most of them when he was in the ESPN. Um, uh, analyst, but obviously that's uh, that's that's by the by, really. Um, but yeah, he's he's he has stepped aside after three years at the uh, the Vegas Raiders. What's um, what's you what's he hesitantly asks? What's your uh, what's your take on this, G? <laughs> um, I kind of almost don't know where to begin. Um, I think the thing, the interesting take, or one of the interesting takes I heard on it was it that it's bad enough that he fought these things, but was also self confident enough. And entitled yeah. enough to just stick them in an email. Yes, um, yeah. If anything, I'm also the bit. There's a couple of bits that don't worry. I mean, shock. Fifty-something white 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 man is an entitled a-hole is not possibly the biggest headline in the world. Um, you can't hold a locker room, and I wonder. There's been, there were some comments and coming out from some players, and it. But, you know, it, it almost hasn't got time to, to catch up with, up with it yet. The interesting thing for me is this seems to have come out as part or been discovered as part of the investigation into um, the Washington football team. And, you know, Bruce Allen was the person that he was emailing backwards and forwards or one of them. But yes, it's just yeah. interesting that it's taken leaks 
from investigative journal journalists and i'm assuming somebody has gone well we've got all this and it hasn't hit the network and it, it, or you know nothing seems to have happened other than you know the punishment with washington and 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 that's an interesting decision that i wonder if some news will come out and i've heard somebody say that um it sort of seemed targeted at Gruden. And I think there's an element of that, but I do wonder what else is in this cache. And it does seem, does not reflect well, shall we say, on the NFL if they had this in their storage and, you know, it's taken, yeah, it's, it's not taken been a leak for in. something to be done, for something to be done about it. And, and yeah, action to be taken. It's not, it, it does not look good on the NFL. No, I mean, it really doesn't. I mean, you know that people are... See, this is the, the interesting thing, is that we we sort of felt for a while like like the obvious racist stuff, like the slurs and, and some of the behaviours, was, you know, was becoming, like, culturally unacceptable. And it was, like, the institutional stuff that we, we have to, to fight, except for this is, like, a throwback to the past, and oh, we don't really want to get into the full politics of it. But it, it's just... I feel like we were now at the point where... I'm not sure I'd be surprised at any allegation thrown at a man, or at least not many. And then I think occasionally I would go, oh, I wouldn't expect it of them. But I, but it's not, like, shocking to me. It's just like, it's oh, it's another one. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. No, it does. It does. It's, a, it's yeah, I mean, if you were going to level it at anybody, I think Gruden would be, you know, not towards the bottom of the list that you of, of, of expectation. But... It's yeah. It's just it's just not a good. It's not a good image for the for the NFL. It's not a good image for for the Raiders. The Raiders are obviously quite quite. You know, they put out their own statement completely damning what he said, which is which is obviously exactly what you'd expect um, to happen as soon as they've uh, as soon as that kind of thing happen uh, comes out. And yeah, it's it's. I suppose it's how they're going to move forward and how how what happens with uh, with, with with well with. The Raiders with the with the Washington Football Team and with with Gruden now to see what uh, see what comes of it. It'll be interesting to yeah. see who they hire to take over. Uh, I think there was talk that they were going to have like the special teams coach step up. So I would imagine right. they'll have an interim and sort it out in the off season because it's so hard to do anything um, in in season unless I can't think of as any you know standby coaches. But it, no. it's so awkward with a with an install and a playbook. Um, Adam Gase is probably available. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, it's broken me for recording. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. My brain was on serious things, and you, you, you. <laughs> Sorry, give me a minute. Right, let's try and pull this back in and it not be rambling. Um, there's going to obviously be work for um, the Raiders to pull this back. I think everybody's going to be in a bit of shock and it's going to be up to, to those left behind to try and pull together and, and, you know, we owe each other and the fans' fans action. What the league is going to do wider, you'd like to um, you'd like to see something and I'm hoping that somebody for the NFL is asking questions about, well, who else is in this cache of information? Yes, yeah. And I'm, I'm fairly certain that there will be a lot of journalists trying to work sources to, to find out the rest if they can or, you know, if, if this is the first of many. It is interesting that the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times have got things. So um, if they've both got caches, we shall see. But it just, it feels like we're fighting the same battles and in 2021, it, it, it's kind of both really depressing and somehow surprising and yet not surprising at the same time. 
Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well, should we let's let's move on to another another sort of aspect, I suppose. The, the, the um, another piece of news that's that's happened actually today. Today being Tuesday, um, the NFL have, have announced their their three favourite cities um, within Germany uh, to extend the uh, international series to. Um, now they're they're still committing to to, to games in, in holding the games. I think multiple games in London uh, and a game in Mexico. But they've also now they've now said that. Uh, that they're they're gonna they're potentially gonna hold uh, hold games in in Germany, the three cities that they've named are Dusseldorf, Frankfurt, and Munich. I don't probably think much surprise there. But it's what, what what do you think of that? What how for me? I'm reading that. I think that moves away from the potential of a of a London franchise and more of a not a European franchise, but more to more more. Games sort of outside of the the US to 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 place H, which we say the uh, the European fans. Okay, so now that we have failed to um, resolve um, homophobia, um, yeah, did, oh, did we not destroy the patriarchy and, and racism? Shall shall we now tackle politics and Brexit? Um, <laughs> <laughs> because what I'm thinking is, I was always a bit dubious on the London on the yeah, physical yeah. on the franchise. But there's now, I mean, you, some might argue that um, in the US, you know, that with a trade deal, maybe we could be make ourselves a more attractive location. I feel like they're just trying to expand. Germany is a really natural place to do that because by the end of NFL Europe, they had like oh, half the franchises massive. or something. Yeah, but you, you know, football massive is follower, massive yeah. in Germany. And, you know, let's be honest, we've just made it much harder. Well, not much harder, but we've made it harder for people to come to the, for the London game from Europe. So I think it's sustainable, but I, I don't think it's a surprise. I think Germany was on the cards anyway. So, you know, I'm not going to be one of those blaming Brexit for everything, but I'm sure it might have an effect and, you know, it might change the dynamics of who comes to the London games. Mm. Um, I don't see a franchise, but I feel like this model of we're going to play X number of games here, X number of games there, it does seem to be, they're, they're definitely looking to expand the international footprint. And so I think this is sort of the next logical step. Yeah, I think it, I think it makes sense. It's It's... Like you say, I, I'm, you, I, think, I don't think either of us have, have been, you know, the biggest advocates for a team in London. But I, I think this is just another, another potential nail in the coffin, really, of that, of that, of that idea. I don't, I don't think it's a, it, it, it's, it, you know, it's not completely dead yet. But it's, it's, it's. I would, I would say this, this probably makes it a little bit further away. Um, the, it's, it, Germany. You, like you said, Germany is, has has got a massive following. It's it always even since since the very first international series game. I remember seeing on forums and things like that people in Germany saying, "We want a game. We want a game. We want games over here." So it's nice to see that that that, that, that is happening. It's nice to see that it is getting out from from just London, um, and and yeah, it's it's nice to get more teams out of uh, out of the US and give more people a chance, I suppose, to 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 see the game and and really and, and grow it worldwide, not just in not just in the UK. Yeah, and I think this is again part of part of the rationale for having this seventeenth game. I'm sure is to get more inventory yeah. so that you can travel with more games and not, you know, and hope to get sort of eight home games. You still, for the teams. I was going to say you still have your eight home games. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I, I think things are in the work, and as this shakes out and settles down, that you know, the, you know, this is here to stay, and I'm sure they will. I, I'm guessing they're looking to like have a like a settled slate of games at different cities, but they'll bring more in. I know Australia are quite keen to have one, or at least bits of bits of the podcast world that I've I've been known to listen to are, and 
it's just it's just the next frontier because they sort of reach saturation in the US and yeah. so you know if you want to grow and you have this growth mindset then you start looking further afield Absolutely. and it's proved as a model that's worked and yes, this has been as, sustainable in London for a long time. So and continues to be as as we saw this this weekend or this weekend has gone, and we'll see again this weekend coming. Yes, um, yes, yes. I was, I was going to talk about injuries, but I can see that we're uh, we're running long. Let's cover that in the games, shall we? Are we running long? Fair a, enough. A <laughs> this is the news. Okay, with week five in the books, we started on Thursday where, uh, yeah, the Rams handed Russell Wilson uh, a loss for the first time in five meetings on Thursday night. Uh, the Rams continue to quietly look like a very impressive team this year. Uh, the game took a, a while to get going, but once it did, the Rams took control, uh, although they were helped by Russell Wilson having to leave the field injured uh, with a finger injury, uh, being replaced by uh, Geno Smith, if you remember him. Uh, the Rams were just too much uh, for a weekend Seahawks team, and the final score was 26-17 to the Rams. Yeah, this really was a, almost a defensive game for yeah. the first half. And, and there, there was like finger problems that Matthew Stafford was having as well. And then suddenly he seemed to f- sort of find his range and the right strapping for his finger. Um, Russell Wilson's nasty. He's got like a ruptured tendon and like a like a two-place fracture. And so... Um, yeah, out, out to week the, 10, they're, they're, they're saying. They yes, I mean, that, that's sort of the optimistic view and it sees how it settles. But um, you know what? Geno Smith wasn't bad he was a bit deliberate if that makes sense so it, it took quite a long time to get through the processes but um i mean his first drive he led them 93 yards and scored a touchdown yeah. um he's obviously not russell wilson and the seahawks are in real trouble in that division given they're at the foot of the table and, and, and you know won't have wilson to week 10 but the rams the Rams, for a team that have looked very good in the stretches, just seem to have the odd wobble of the last couple of weeks. But, you know, you can't take it away. They're still 4-1, and one, and we'll see what happens for the next couple of weeks. We're sort of heading into what I'm thinking of as the second quarter. Yes, it kind of is the second quarter, This uh, uh, from I suppose, from uh, from now onwards. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, well, the, the first of this year's London games was held in Tottenham on Sunday uh, in a game which saw the Falcons host the Jets. It was a bit of a one-sided one, this one, uh, with the Falcons leading for the entire game. The Jets did make a bit of a comeback in the second half, uh, but just didn't have enough about them to, to get the win. Uh, Kyle Pitts got his first NFL touchdown, uh, had, a, had a great day, giving Matt Ryan another uh, good outlet uh, for, for, for him. Uh, rookie QBs are now 0-5 in London with a minus 87-point differential. Uh, which bodes well for Trevor Lawrence next week. Uh, score here was uh, Jets 20, Falcons 27. I mean, there's a very point in me asking you where you were last week because we know in a caravan, but I could have done with the precursor to that stat before making a pick. Um, I guess the two things I, I want to say about this game is I got overexcited about um, the Jets off the back of their win, but there are still bits and pieces. The problem is that Russ, um, sorry, Zach Wilson makes throws that look amazing, but he doesn't know which throws he can and can't get away with, and he will throw an interception. And Kyle Pitts looks like a receiver. I mean, I know yeah. we know he's a receiving tight end, but but when you look at him, he looks more like a big receiver than, than a tight end. I, I, I'm i curious in the off-season, I think I'm going to have to get some coaching tape, probably later in the season, because it takes a while for tight ends to develop. But I definitely want to wanna yeah. have a look at his, his whole game. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was. It wasn't. But it wasn't a. Uh, you know, it wasn't a bad game for for one to have in London. It was. Uh, you know, there was plenty of, plenty of points, and the uh, it did have a bit of a bit of a comeback in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. No. It it did get there though. Um, here's a quick one for you, and then we'll get on to the next game. But Go is on, it? Then. 
with the Spurs Stadium, I'm really interested to see what you think of it next week because on television, it sort of stops being so much the London game. It just looks a little bit like another NFL game, if you see what I mean. It's, and I it think might it's, just be. I think that's a deliberate thing. I think it's a uh, the fact that the fact that the, the the pitch is kind of six feet below the, the what would be the football pitch. Yeah. Oh no, and, it was definitely designed the, for it. That but... obviously puts the puts the, the the kind of the bit around the edge where so so fans are that bit further back. Or further up, a bit higher, whether and I'm sure it gives better sight lines. But I, I just, I don't know. I just feel like I wish that we we could have paid tribute somehow to to the football of the right variety. If you see what I mean <laughs> from over here, yeah. Well, I'll I'll let you know. I'll let you know next week. We'll uh, we'll, we'll you'll you'll hear it here first. Uh, the Vikings have got a good record against the Lions, having uh, beaten them in each of their last seven meetings. However, uh, with with their star running back Dalvin Cook out, uh, this was certainly not going to be a uh, a walkover. The Lions did take uh, full advantage of that as well and managed to keep this one really tight. Uh, with just three minutes left, the Vikings were winning by ten points, but the Lions got themselves uh, a field goal and a touchdown. Uh, and a two-point conversion, uh, which actually gave them the lead. But uh, for the second time this year, Vikings got a win with a 54-yard uh, field goal as as time ran out, uh, winning this one by 19 points to 17. The Lions are now uh, the one of the only teams that are still winless after five. Are they the only team? No, they're not. No, no. There's the uh, the Jaguars. I'm just trying to. Uh, I'm trying to think <laughs> off the top of my head. Then, the, yeah. No, um, and and Dan Campbell was in tears after this one, and you know they thought they'd won it, and then the Vikings come back, and it's um, the Lions are kind of like okay, bad because they're competitive, they're losing games, so they're getting the high pick that they need. It but, was always going to be but, a difficult season for them, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, and and they're definitely competing, and it feels like you know they they might have something, but yeah. You'd expect Jared Goff with his experience to maybe get in one of these wins, but um, I haven't seen enough of the Lions, so so I I think they're one of the teams that have escaped my watch so far, so <laughs> I might have to fix that and soon. That's it. Well, we are moving to the week six, so uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think most I think I've seen most teams at this point, but yeah, I'm not sure <laughs> I've seen the Lions either. Thinking about it. Uh, well, uh, Washington uh, have struggled for defence this year so far, while the Saints haven't been setting uh, the charts alight with their offence either. Uh, both teams went into uh, their game on Sunday at 2-2. Uh, two and two. Saints, however, emerged from the uh, the week with the, the winning record. This was uh, the ninth game in, uh, in Alvin Kamara's career, uh, where he got both a passing and a rushing touchdown, uh, which is a New Orleans record. Washington were chasing the game for most of this one, and uh, the, in the end they lost it, 33 points to 22. Thoughts? Um, <laughs> it's a strange one. I mean, the Saints are very much living the Jameis um, Winston up and down thing. Yeah. Um, and Washington, the defense just they're giving up points to everybody, and offensively, you can understand why why they're they're struggling, given that you know they've not got their starting quarterback. But he doesn't seem to be doing a bad job. They're sort of interesting, but it just this team feels weird like it hasn't taken a step on from last season and I'm not sure what to make of the Saints either but that's sort of understandable when you're moving on from Drew Brees and you had the salary cap games that they had to do to, to clear space to, to run this season so it, it's, it's just a bit of an odd one it is. Washington have had a few troubles at uh, you know for quarterback and things like that um, I think they were, they were obviously expecting I think they were expecting uh, Fitzpatrick to, to start for most of the season um, and obviously he got he got injured week one wasn't it so yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it was week one he got that hip dislocation. And meanwhile, it's just, yeah, it's surprising for with a Rivera team that the defence is doing what it is. But yeah, it's not great. And um, the Saints, you know, 
they have, a, have some talent there and retooling, and, and and I think they're going to be. So it seems like they're going to be there thereabouts, but you know you can't mark them into sort of like a challenger in the playoffs. I don't think. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, Patriots, Texans, Bill Belichick loves a rookie quarterback. They're now 1-11 uh, since 2014 when facing uh, rookie QBs. Uh, Davis Mills couldn't steer his Texans to uh, to change that, unfortunately, but uh, he did keep things very close. Uh, probably a lot closer than I think most would have uh, would have thought. Uh, for a good portion of the game, the Texans were actually winning, uh, getting themselves an 11-point lead in the third quarter, but a great effort from uh, from Matt Jones and the uh, the Patriots meant that they were able to uh, take home the win. Finding themselves two and three after uh, winning by twenty five points to twenty two. I mean, I yeah, as you say, Bill Pelagic knows what he's doing against rookie QBs. Yeah, um, Davis Mills was never meant to be starting at this point, so it's it's. I think it's a credit to the Texans that they're being competitive yeah, given well, yeah. the situation they've started with. But um, obviously, they got themselves into that situation with you know under the previous regime. So uh, it's going to just take time to, to to dig themselves out of that hole. Yeah, it will do. Um, well, through through the sheer amount of times that they've uh, played him alone, the Dolphins uh, hold twice as many wins against Tom Brady uh, than any other team. Uh, it wasn't to be this weekend, though, although, uh, to be fair, I was personally impressed with how long the Dolphins managed to actually hang with the Buccaneers. Uh, it wasn't until the fourth quarter that they really put the Jets on and ran away with it. Uh, Dolphins QB, Jacoby Brissett, went down with a hamstring injury, uh, which he which he did actually end up playing through, but uh, makes it all the more important that Tua is back in time for London next week. Final score was... 45-17 to the books. So have you seen this thing where uh, um, Brissette was like the first quarterback ever to be carted off the and field? And carted back carted on. Carted back on the f- and not miss a snap? Yeah, I didn't see that. Was the, I, didn't, I hadn't seen that, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd heard, I, I think it was, yeah, because it was, it was Tony Romo who was doing it. It was Tony Romo comment, uh, commentary game um, and he said he'd, know, he'd never seen someone carted off and then carted back on again. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, that that was one of the, the odd things to take from this game. I guess all Dolphins fans are sort of like waiting for Tua's return, but I'm also curious about what's going wrong with the defence at the moment. And I don't know if you have any thoughts of that as the man who watches them week in, week out. Um, I I don't really know. I think we're, we're, we're not, the, we're certainly not the defence that we... That we we thought we were going to be at the beginning of the season certainly weren't not the, not the defense that we were meant to be um, certainly not the defense that I picked in uh, one of my fantasy leagues. Um, it's I think we just I think we're just struggling all around. I think the whole I, I, I I've got a feeling there's something something's going on in the background that we don't know about, um, and morale seems to be down a little bit. I, I don't really know what it is, um, but it's it's it needs sorting quite quickly. Because we're we're hemorrhaging points quite quite a bit at the minute. We've you know, for, I think this is the second time we've 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 been beaten. You know, we've let forty five points uh, passed in, in in three weeks or, th- or four weeks. So you know, it, we we certainly need to put a plug in it somewhere. I just don't know. I just don't know exactly how. Well, we shall see what they do against the Jags next week. Well, I guess hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping. You know, if we've managed to get a couple of if we've managed to get a couple of wins, even if we just squeak them. That'll give us a bit more, you know, as it does with any with any team. Just give you that little bit of a bounce, bit of a bit of bit of momentum, and and you know maybe things start going your way. So we well, shall you've see. Got the Jags and the, the Falcons before the Bills, yeah, <laughs> loom large on the road. Yeah, well, yeah. Less said about our games with the Bills, the better. We're always okay, fair always terrible against the Bills. Anyway, 
Shall we move on? Moving on. <laughs> Cincinnati <laughs> have actually uh, won three of their past four games against Green Bay. Uh, but despite both teams coming in uh, to this weekend at 3-1, and one, you'd be hard-pushed not to say that the Packers were uh, entering this game uh, as favourites. Uh, that being said, for the second time in five weeks, the Bengals managed to keep this one close uh, enough to take it to overtime. Uh, it was it was a very back and forth game, and when uh, when the Bengals took it to to uh, level within three minutes to go, uh, there just wasn't enough time for Green Bay to uh, secure a win. They had to uh, to do that through a forty nine yard field goal with two minutes to go in overtime. Final score was twenty five twenty two to Green Bay. Uh, but here's a stat for you. Despite having 398 fewer career pass, passing touchdowns than Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow has thrown more passing touchdowns to players selected in the first round at six than Rodgers at four. Which is an interesting statement on the um, the options of building through the draft and the, the decisions made in Green Bay. Isn't it? I mean, yeah. this was a... This was a weird game because it was nip and tuck and the defense did well, particularly in the red zone. But uh, Mason Crosby missed like three kicks before he hit the winner um, and sort of, you know, like two in the fourth quarter as well. So I hear what you're saying about time, but it kind of was if they could get the kicking together. And mm. the first come out and said um, um, that, you know, there's operational things and, you know, they've got a rookie snapper and a holder new holder and so um things are obviously going wrong there but the Bengals need to sort out their offensive lines not me if you've heard that one before um <laughs> joe burrow had to go to hospital with a bruised um throat yes, and was struggling to speak at the end of the game That's so horrendous. i think he's going to be all right but he took a massive shot trying to go for for a fourth down run and not sliding and it's just like Dude, and also the sort of the first um, interception he threw was one of those ones where he was scrambling and trying to make a play, and it's like you can't make that kind of throw in the NFL. The players are too good. So, yeah. I mean, he's great, and I think you know it does feel like they're heading in the right direction. The defense has at least built something, but the next stage is to try and win a game like this and then maybe, you know, try and win one sort of relatively easily. But um, we shall see about that because I have a nasty feeling that, that, that a trip to Detroit is not the gimme that some might suggest. Mm, I, I think it might be. I think it'll be all right. We, we shall see how things go. You, you know me, I'm ever the cautious um, you are, warrior. You are, fair, fair enough. Well, before the season started, who would have thought that the uh, Broncos would come into their uh, their game with the Steelers at three and one, while the while Pittsburgh were at one and three, um, Big Ben's struggles have been fairly public. While Teddy Bridgewater uh, just managed to pull through uh, to start this one after some concussion issues and um, some some concern that he wouldn't start. As it happened, the uh, the Steelers led throughout and uh, looked good for the win. Uh, Najee Harris uh, had a particularly good game, rushing for 122 yards and catching for another 20. Uh, Steelers now won three of their last four games against the Broncos, and this one finished 27 points to 19. And the Steelers seem to have um, decided that they needed to be some changes in offense. And um, they've done that by getting Juju Smith Schuster injured. Yeah, I mean that. that was, <laughs> and that's really I mean, that's going to be one of those ones that puts the free agency thing to test bed because you know he, he he was sort of trying to get out there and didn't get signed this offseason. Yeah, yeah. Came back on a one year prove it deal and now is out for the season with a nasty sounding dislocation. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, you never like to see that. And and I think for the Broncos, they're just having this wobble, and I think they possibly weren't as good as the start suggests, but 
we need to figure out how you know what kind of level they're going to settle that. Uh, yeah, I think well, we, we said that bit... you know, they started against they started against what was it the Giants, the Jets, and the Jaguars. I think so. Yeah, it, you know, three and one was probably flattering, shall we say? I'm not sure three and four was flattering, but I think it was kind of exp- you know understandable completely against um against those three teams and and then they've hit the ravens and the steelers who you know historically have been tough matches so you know what they do against the raiders and the browns in the couple of weeks it, it depends if they can pick these round and, yeah. and go too i mean they've had a winning start to the opening well i'm calling a quarter even if it is five games because 17 games ruins all the maths and don't start me on that but you know three and two <laughs> is a positive start it, it's whether they can convert these these sort of next four games into two and two or three and one to sort of kind of treat and keep that momentum going yeah well, uh, moving on, the uh, the Jags are one of Derek Henry's favourite teams to play against, averaging 103 yards and making 11 touchdowns in their previous 10 meetings. Uh, well, mission accomplished. This year, he, uh, he rushed for 130 yards uh, and added three touchdowns to that total. Uh, Jacksonville kept uh, it sort of close until midway through the second quarter, uh, and the Titans turned up the pressure and ran away with it. Uh, the final score was 37 points to 19 to Tennessee. Jags have now lost 20 games on the bounce and we're going to London next week hoping to change the look look against the Dolphins. And this is another embattled coach. Um, you were off last week, so I don't know if you how much of the Urban Meyer stuff that you I haven't really seen. I've, I haven't seen. I've, I've caught people talking, making jokes about something Urban Meyer related on, uh, on Twitter, but I've not really got them. Would you like to explain? Right, well, there was a video of him... Um, at a bar with some young with some young ladies and might have some questions to answer to the wife. Right. Um, the interesting thing about that is that um, he was there because he didn't fly home with the team after the Thursday night game. Hmm. And honestly, that's the thing that I've heard most people upset by. It's like you make all this money, you can charter a plane if you, you want to get back for a long weekend. But the idea that you as a leader are not, Traveling back with your team, with team and sort of yeah, yeah and work and working the aftermath of the game, talking about things. Hey, we're nearly there. We've got these things. We just need to need to keep doing. Was was like a major breach of trust of a locker room. And I and I've that there's been a number of people who've said that, and and that's the kind of insight you don't get just watching. But it's 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 not it's not like one person said that. I've heard multiple people say that and say I've never heard of a you know of a coach um, not traveling with a team unless you know they've been fired. So it does feel, given what's been going on in the off season from the get go, that that Urban Meyer's um, ability in college yeah, isn't necessarily transferring into dealing with um, the NFL and you not being the master of your all your um, surroundings and and dealing with men who have a deal uh, uh, of their own autonomy. And it's... Wonderful. if he'll if, fly back from London. Well, yeah. I mean, that, it wouldn't be the first time that the, that the London game has done for um, done for, done for a coach, or I don't no, know wouldn't. when their buy is. But um, it's... Yeah, it, it's just not looking good, is it, at the moment? No. No, it's not. He's, I don't think he's... He doesn't, it doesn't strike me as though he's got a lot of control over that team. No, and and they are they have got. Um, I mean, there's a number of teams who've sort of asked not to do this. Do this have had to buy after the London game, but the Jags yeah, have. Yeah. So you know, that does that's a nasty um, two windows if you're zero and five and have already upset ownership and have been told that you um, have to regain the trust of the team. 
Certainly is. Certainly is. Well, on to the, uh, on to the 9 o'clock games. This one looked uh, tasty going into this week. The Browns and the Chargers uh, this year uh, look to be fairly well com- uh, comparable teams, and uh, we all know how well uh, Justin Herbert's done this, uh, so far this year. Um, there wasn't much to separate the teams either uh, in the end, with uh, an incredible six fourth-quarter touchdowns between the two teams. Both teams sh- showed their determination to stick it out, with the Chargers being the uh, the last to take the lead. Uh, they tried to go for two after a touchdown, but uh, to put the pressure on the Browns, but uh, that failed. But it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the problem in the end. They didn't uh, they didn't need it in the end because uh, the Browns couldn't get back up the uh, up the field to score. Uh, they won this one by forty-seven points to forty-two. Yeah, and I don't think I've ever seen six touchdowns in a quarter. Certainly not in fourth quarter. Yeah, no. This is I made a tactical error, which is there are two ways that I select let the extra games to, uh, to watch. Sometimes it's um, oh that looks a really good matchup, and I want to hide for the score. And sometimes it's uh, I, I do that for one game and then peruse and go ah oh, that looks like a cracking contest. Yeah. I, I went for the former um, rather than the latter this week and so I missed out on seeing this one other than in the highlights and it's like rats because uh, <laughs> I watched the 49ers Cardinals which was interesting but for different reasons um, which we'll all get onto in a moment yeah I, I mean I'm what I'm really impressed with was how well the Browns held in given that Bacon Mayfield is is, is non-throwing shoulder but he's struggling you know he's, he's playing with an injury and the Browns they are being talked about, but and they're definitely up there with the better teams in the league. But it, it almost feels like they're going both noisily and a little quiet. But maybe that's just the corners of of of, of the NFL media that I, that I sit in. But I think they're, they're they're very much sort of like a sabermetric, you know, advanced stat darling. But it feels like maybe they're not necessarily getting all the coverage you might expect. Yeah, yeah. You Whereas everybody right. loves the charges. <laughs> yeah, they do at the moment. The Chargers seems to be the uh, you know they're the, they're the, they're the cool team to uh, to watch at the minute. Is... Well, I, I I mean in the bits of the league, league uh, it's very team that I've quite often heard like yeah they're going to do well if I can just get over the injury luck. Well, good luck with that. And and there were issues with um, coaching and game management, but it, it does feel like um, Ross Staley has, has got like a really good start to his um, head coaching career with yeah. Brandon Staley. I don't know, Ross Staley is something completely different. I have no <laughs> idea where, where that's coming from. I've just, you know, I'll have to look that up and find out. I'm hoping it's nothing awful, but you know. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, no, the, the Chargers have definitely come out and you could see um, it as a possible um as a possible team to move on, but we should just have to see how, you know, how that works out, you know, across the yeah. course of the season, but it, it's been a hell of a start for him. It certainly has. It certainly has. Well, the, uh, the bears are struggling this year, but the, uh, the Raiders haven't been uh, tearing strips off their opponents either. So uh, anything really could have happened when they met on Sunday. Um, it was the bears who came out uh, on top in the end. They, uh, they had to rely on their ground games to do it. Justin Fields throwing for just, uh, just 111 yards. Uh, and while it was a low yardage game, it was also uh, quite a low scoring game. The Bears kicker, Cairo Santos, kicking uh, a couple of 46 yarders to edge them in front, giving the uh, the Bears the game by 20 points to nine. Uh, both the Bears and the Raiders will be uh, yeah going into this this week, week six, with winning records of three and two. Yeah, and the Bears are kind of this weird team and have been, it feels like, all the way under Matt Nagy in it. That, mm. that they sort of like nothing's ever settled with the offense. We've moved from uh, Mitchell Trubisky to Justin Fields and different quarterbacks. And, you know, it's early. So I don't want to, you know, say that he's the next Trubisky because I think that's unfair. But it's sort of like a bit of defense running the ball. It, 
it's not exactly convincing. And then the Raiders, after the promising start, have like faltered the last two weeks. And you can understand sort of what happened um, against the Chargers. But you, I wonder how much performance this week was, you know, we had the news breaking and the stuff going on. And you just wonder what's been going on behind the scenes with that team. Yeah, whether it had, had much of an effect. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. it's a good point. Which I suppose we'll see in the uh, in the coming weeks, won't we? It depends on, on what happens. It's going to be a, it's going to be a very interesting one to watch, I guess. To see, uh, yeah, see see how they how they overcome this. Well, on to a game that you watched. The uh, the Cardinals headed into Sunday's game uh, with the Forty Nine ers on a four, on a four game winning streak, uh, which happens to be their longest run since twenty fifteen. And that streak continued uh, as Cardinals uh, continue to be the only unbeaten team in the league so far. Uh, Trey Lance started in the centre for uh, San Francisco and he ended up spending most of his game rushing, uh, making 89 total rushing yards, uh, but being much less effective in the air. Uh, the 49ers are now 7-28 and 28 since 2017, uh, with, when, with anyone other than Jimmy Garoppolo starting, uh, compared to being 24-10 and 10, uh, with him playing. Uh, they'll be hoping that he comes back quickly. Final score was uh, Arizona 17, San Francisco 10. Yeah, and this was a game where both defences were playing well and I got to see J.J. Watt do J.J. Watt things to quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> Which you very much enjoy. I, I, I do. It, it makes me happy. What can I say? <laughs> um, but it, it, it's, I mean, Trey Lance, yeah, he's not ready to pass the ball no, much. Or, you know, he, he's he's... He's a young quarterback with incredible figure. I'll try that again. Incredible physical gifts and obvious talent, but um, also it's that young quarterback thing where the ball is coming out at speed because he's got to fit it in, and and um, it, the touch and the experience. He he's not played a lot of football recently, if memory serves, because because he was sitting out with a college career. And I just think it's it was a little earlier than they would have wanted to start him. But I mean, the problem with Garoppolo is he's not been able to stay fit, and he's not no. looked that great this season. And so. It's an odd mixture of ready to win now, but the offense isn't quite there. But you sort of still trust Carl Shanahan. But is he doing the right things with the front office? It's a weird mix in the 49ers that I can't quite get my head around. Because when it when they get it right, they've gone to a Super Bowl yeah. and they've got it with a bit of healthy. And the defense is is still playing well. I think to hold um, to hold the 49ers as they did in this game was pretty credible given what's going on. But it was kind of, there was an element of of the offense, you know, not taking advantage of what the defense was able to get them by limiting limiting the Cardinals. Uh, well, the Giants may have uh, picked up their first win last week with this. They are a struggling team and they continued that way on Sunday uh, as they face the Dallas Cowboys team, hoping to extend a three-game winning streak. Um, the game was pretty one-sided with the Cowboys scoring more than 35 points for the third game in a row. Uh, it was up. To, it was an up and down game for the Giants uh, rookie receiver uh, Kadarius Tony. Am I pronouncing that right? I think I am. I believe uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> who had uh, ten receptions for 189 yards, uh, but then went on to be ejected from the uh, the game from throwing a punch at a Cowboys safety. Uh, it doesn't sound like he's going to get uh, going to get any any further suspension though. Luckily for him, uh, final score was 44-20 to the Cowboys. And, I mean, the Giants, as if they didn't have enough problems, were beset by injuries in this game. Daniel Jones, you know, was wobbly after running in a, a, yeah. a you know, concussion. And Saquon Barkley's ankle looked horrible. Yes. Um, I don't think there's, like, torn stuff. So I think it's a nasty ankle sprain rather than, 
well, sprain is stretching ligaments. Let's not pretend I'm a doctor, but you know, it, it's it's not a season-ending job. But you know, they had enough problems, and the Cowboys, I, I you know, just have to be seen at this point. I think as genuine contenders. You know, they're four and I one. Think they have. Yeah. yeah, you know, their defense is. Um, much better than it has last season. They look to have got a couple of players. And yeah, you, but don't mess with the Cowboys this season. That's it. Well, the final game on Sunday saw uh, the Bills and the Chiefs meet playing uh, Josh Allen uh, against Patrick Mahomes in a rerun of 2020's AFC Championship game. Uh, the Bills got their revenge in style with a, a dominant display. Josh Allen threw for 315 yards. He's now 10-0 in games where he's thrown over 300 yards in his career. Question is, how warm is Andy Reid's bum feeling with uh, the Chiefs now uh, sport, uh, sporting a losing record at 2-3 and three going into week 6? It's uh, clear that something's not right in Kansas. The uh, final score on Sunday was 38-20 to the Bills. I mean, you know, by all rights, Arctic. This is a, this is a man who brought, you know, the Chiefs their first Super Bowl. And... Um, but there are real problems here. Um, the offense isn't quite firing. It seems that um, defenses can key in enough on um, Tyreek Hill this season to stop him and then daring the others to beat him. And he isn't. Their running game is a bit of a problem that they've overhauled the offensive line. But the big problem is the defense. I mean, the defense just seems to be broken at the moment and they're taking risks and they're not coming off. Now, you know, they're missing you're missing players and having a bit of a, a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Some issues with the pass rush. So, you know, there might be some players to come back later, but it just it just doesn't look good for the Chiefs. Whereas the Bills, I think we have to take seriously in the AFC now that, that yeah, they're, they're in that top elite. You know, with the defense playing like that, able to get that pressure with rushing four. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, sorry for you to be in a division with them, but <laughs> Again. Uh, we're playing them in a couple of weeks. But they, they look as good a team in in the um, AFC as anyone right now. That's it. If the AFC East can stop producing great teams that aren't the Dolphins, that'll be that'll be lovely. <laughs> um, yeah, um, sorry about that. Or, or a rearrange of the leagues. It's up to you. Either, either one will do. Um, Monday night pitted the Colts against the Ravens team, which uh, included Lamar Jackson, who hasn't ever lost a game that he started in October. He's seven and or he was seven and zero going into this one. Um, not only did that continue on Monday, but uh, he also set a Ravens record for single game passing yards at four hundred and forty two. Given that, uh, given that that was the case, it was remarkably close a game in the end, with uh, the Ravens having to uh, come uh, from twenty five nine down in the fourth quarter to level it up and eventually get the win in overtime. It was uh, another good game for the Colts running back Jonathan Taylor, picking up one hundred and sixty nine rushing yards, while the uh, the Ravens ran for less than a hundred yards for the first time in forty four games. They did come away with the uh, the win though. It was thirty one points to twenty five in the end. Yeah, I don't know if you heard that there was a bit of um, a coaching disagreement, shall we say, about the fact that the um, Ravens went for it on the final play of the game to to keep that streak alive. So interesting that it died the week after. Um, the Ravens keep finding the way, and they're sort of doing that winning ugly, which is what good teams do. Um, it's not one that I've seen, and I'm really curious about the passing stats of of, um, of Jackson and... and how he looked under centre is that sort of like the thing that we've been talking about is him in the passing game. So, so that is interesting to see. And the Colts, I mean, it was talk, but it was as good as Carson Wentz has looked in a while. But yeah. it feels like that team uh, hasn't quite found the right formula to win games just yet. And it might be that this is there's no such thing as consolation losses, but 
it's whether they can find something to hang their hat on and start turning things around in the next in the next section of the season that I think is really important if Indianapolis are going to do anything, particularly as the Tennessee Titans have won a couple of games now and are two games ahead. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right, let's get on with some uh, some trivia, shall we? Some trivia. Bum bum bum. <laughs> Right, we had a uh, week off to relax our grey matter. Let's see who's uh, still got it when it comes to uh, to trivia. Um, I'll go first this week. I think you went first last time, so uh, it'll be be my turn. Um, I'm going to, uh, to to I don't know if I've mentioned it. I'm going to the London game this week to the uh, the Dolphins versus the Jags. Um, in 2017, though, there were uh, there were four games played in the UK, and two teams scored no points. One of them was the Dolphins in a horrendous game, which I wanted to leave after about the first quarter. Uh, who were the other team? Oh, I'm blanking now, and there'll be a whole section of people shouting at me. <laughs> Call yourself a fan. Don't you remember the London games? And there's so many games. Um, I actually knew that you'd been there for a bagel. Um, yes, I was. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah, no, I can well imagine. Um, this might be wrong. You know what? I think I'm going to play the percentages here, um, both for <laughs> how many games they've won recently and how many times they go, they've gone to London, and I'm going to go for the Jaguars. You're wrong. It's, I absolutely see where you, uh, you're coming from, but you are wrong, unfortunately. Um, the other team... Playing the Rams, so uh, the Rams also came over a lot in in, in that kind of period. Uh, but it was the Cardinals. Oh, right. In 2017, yeah, they got beaten by the uh, by the Rams, uh, and and didn't manage to get a uh, get a point past them. But two games out of four in London with with zero uh, zero points scored. That's a quite a straight. That's quite a rough a, season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's rough, <laughs> and it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, not great. It's a, it's a wonder so, the game's carried on. Anyway, your turn. My turn. I am reversing themes from you. So you're talking about London games and new things, essentially, and I'm picking up from the oldest rivalry that we have in the NFL as the um, Packers are visiting Chicago to play the Bears this week. Yes. But I'm going to twist it slightly because this is me and I was looking at, at, at long lists of teams because... Um, there's a group of seven teams that all have the same amount of regular season games, which is 1,165. Two of those are obviously the Bears and Packers, but I'm wondering how many of the other five can you name? Right. They're essentially the original, the original professional teams, football teams. Yeah, that's what that, or right. at least the ones that have stuck through from 1940 to now. Right. Cowboys is incorrect. Oh, great, good start. Um, do, do they have to be in the city, still in the city that they're in now? So they, what, what if they've moved? If it's the same um, team, are we counting it? Yeah, if you, if you name it, as you na- name the current team and they've moved a number of times, then yes, that's absolutely fair. I don't expect you to, to remember the 1940 name. Excellent, thank you for that. Uh, Raiders, Washington... Um, the New York Giants, um, and uh, uh, 
Browns. You got two. Okay. That's probably better so, than I thought it was going to do. Giants were a good team. The football team were a good team. Okay. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, yeah. And two teams who've struggled through the years. Um, the Detroit Lions. Yep. Who, who haven't been anywhere. And no. um, I think they're one of the teams with the lowest win percentage. I've got to check it. And then the one that amused me when you, you know, you were asking about, you know, had moved. The Arizona, nay Phoenix, nay St. Louis <laughs> Cardinals. Yeah. Pitt Cardinals, Chicago Cardinals. And yeah. I've got one for you. I, I have got two teams who've played the fewest seasons and games. And I can't ask you this because it's unfair. But did you know that there was a 1946 Miami Seahawks professional football team? Uh, I had heard that, actually. Yes. Um, I couldn't have told you when it was 1946, but I had heard, yes. They folded after a, after a year. They were like the first professional football team mm. in Florida, apparently, and um, were sold on when they went bankrupt to become the basis of the Baltimore Colts. I didn't know they became the basis of the Colts, but uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, I was just curious when I saw that one. I thought, I have to ask, ask him about no, I, um, I had, you know. Yeah, I'd heard of it, but uh, I couldn't have told you. And it was interestingly, if you orange, white, and green as their team colours. What colours? Orange, white, and green. Ooh. Like proper Irish colours, by the looks yeah. of it. Anyway, sh- shall we move on to week six? Let's move on to week six. Good trivia ring. Hey, thank you. Hey, Dan, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and I think everyone out there ought to know about your podcast, The Wrong Football on iTunes. Okay, that's, it's uh, week six then. Let's take a look through the, uh, through the games. What's particularly catching your eye this week, G? Um, it's a bit of a funny one. I'm guessing, looking through it, and I bet they're wishing they could flex games with the Seahawks losing Russell Wilson. Um, yeah. Although it might be interesting to see what Steelers do. I think the matchup for the well, there's two matchup for the weeks actually, but it's not necessarily teams you would have thought going into the season. But I think the best of the best of the bunch, and they're both in. I don't know one's one's early, one's late. Is the Chargers taking on the Ravens, and the Cardinals taking on the Browns? Yeah, Cardinals Browns is the one that I kind of spotted that uh, I thought looked good. And you know, really uh, uh, and then the Ravens are playing really well. I'm curious about um, Vikings Panthers just because Panthers, you know, wobbling a little bit recently, and you know, Vikings trying to fight back to 500 and and, and move on. And then it's a bit of a weird mixture. I, I I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the Lions um, this week just because I'm curious about them. I'm just hoping that they're not too competent against the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think you're all right. I think I think you'll be absolutely fine now. I don't think you've got anything to to worry about against the Lions. Um, he says probably drinking you. Um, <laughs> the, for for me, um, I, th- I think I think it'll be interesting to see Raiders Broncos. I think that is going to be an interesting game. Um, I just don't know what to expect out of the Raiders right now. No, right I, I don't Give, really. Particularly given with you know how much that team was built around Gruden's whims to, mm. to just you know have him gone at this point in the season. I, I, that could be a really yeah. I, I'm just not sure what to expect out of that one at all. Yeah. But like you say, I think the rest of the rest of the uh, the rest of the, the slate this week, there's nothing that's really jumping out at me. Usually, you look. I you bet look, you there'll you be good games, through. though. I mean, it this is the thing: be. is is you know, I, I need to 
it's nice to watch games without knowing the score, and I get to do that a couple of times a week. But, you know, it's very often the better plan is to watch the first one and then hit the list and go, oh, that looks to be a cracking game. Because very often what you think going into the week doesn't survive contact with actual football. Yeah, right. Make a bold prediction now. Now. Now, um, go. Go, go. I am looking for something bold. <laughs> Um, Can I tell you with Patriots beating the Cowboys? No, I don't. I really don't think. <laughs> <you> can. <laughs> I, I, I was sitting there thinking, can, can, can I be tempted tempted by the Texans beating the Colts? But no, um, no, no. It's a big point. I mean, um, I don't know if you're going to allow this or not. But looking at the percentages of picked it in the points line, I kind of wonder if the Bears might cover against the Packers. What's how many points are they? It's uh, the Bears are getting four and a half at home. I'm not sure That's the Packers cool. have fully got themselves those rat, and I sort of expect them to win. But given what they did just against the Bengals and that the Bears beat the Bengals, I'm just I'll, I'll I'm allow just it wondering. This time I'll allow it because we're running over, so. Uh... Yeah, you can you can have it. You can have it. I thought your I, I thought you were going to say your bold prediction was going to be that there will after this week there will uh, there will be only one winless team. Oh, see, I think that's likely to happen, but I wouldn't like to pick it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It, yeah, it, yeah I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not sure which of the two I'd exactly. like to. I'd like I'm exactly to... the same. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Horrible. Yeah. Let's finish up and get this because we've overrun horribly. I apologise, my friend. <laughs> well, that's all we've got time for this week. We'll be uh, back again next week. If you've uh, liked what you've heard, let us know by liking, subscribing, maybe even leaving a little five-star review through whatever medium you procure your podcasts. That way, uh, you'll also make sure that you uh, don't miss any episodes throughout the rest of the season. Um, if you've got a question or something you want us to discuss next time, get in touch. I'm at TWF Dan on Twitter, and G is at Wrong Football. In the meantime, have a great week, and we'll see you again next week. Who day? Who day? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs>